Welcome to the Power Doc Talks, your number one source for information about powerlifting, sports injury and rehabilitation, nutrition, and evidence-based chiropractic with your host, Dr. Travis Dyer, sports chiropractor and elite-level powerlifter, also featuring guests in the top of their fields. Hey, everyone. In today's episode, we're going to talk about injury management, what to do when you get injured, um, how to come back from it, and how to get back under the bar. Uh, but first, before we get into all of that, I want to do some quick updates that I alluded to in the last episodes. Um, so the first one is the RPS meet that I'm going to be doing got changed from August to July 27th. So I'm right now about 12 weeks out, um, which is kind of a limited timeline if you uh, have kept up with me and why the reason I'm doing this podcast today. But I'll get into that later. Um, and then the biggest news that I said for powerlifting in Maine Uh, I can finally say because it was officially announced, is that the Federation, the USPA, is coming to Maine. It's going to be hosted at the Fitness Factory on October 5th. Oh, no, the date got changed. It's going to be September 28th. Uh, That's a Saturday. Uh, That Federation is a really, really great Federation. Um, It leads you to some really big meets with some cash prizes uh, at the higher levels. So I think that's a great thing to do, as well as introduce, you know, a more competitive environment into powerlifting in Maine. Uh, besides what we already have. So there's that update. Um, I wanted to talk about my book a little bit because everything in there was kind of really crucial to me coming back from my injury. Um, I utilized a lot of the stretching exercises, uh, stabilization things to get back to where I needed to be. Um, And I've had a lot of patients buy the book. uh, So if you have any questions about that, shoot me a message. I have it on Instagram as, uh, sorry, Amazon as well. Uh, but it's always best to get it from me directly and I can ship it to you or whatever. So if you're interested in the book, shoot me a message. Uh, the next date that we're going to be doing at the Fitness Factory, we haven't released yet, but chances are it's going to be the first Monday in June. Since we're doing that once a month, um, I believe that that's going to be the next date that we're going to do. Um, one quick more update uh, before I move on to the injury management is you might have seen that I don't have a coach anymore. There was kind of some things that led up to that. Uh, however... I believe that I handle my training by myself the best that I can because I know how I am. And just doing linear progression, doing the same reps and sets, just adding 2.5% every week is not for me. It didn't work out very great. Uh, So I decided to take back my own training and handle things on my own. And with that being said, I also moved to a new gym. Uh, There are some issues with that, and I'm not going to go into that at all. Uh, You might have saw it on my story. Or might have talked to me about it, but that's just not something I'm going to discuss on the podcast. Uh, so I'm training at the gym in Lewiston now. Has everything I need still, and occasionally we make it down to the fitness factory, especially on mostly Saturdays to lift with people that I coach. So I think that's all the updates that I need to do before I get into the actual topic. And I had people shoot me messages and questions on my Instagram story about things that they wanted me to address in terms of injury management and rehab. And I don't want to say energy injury prevention at this point because this is kind of dealing with injury after it happened and trying to manage what you do. So if you aren't following me on Instagram or anything like that, you might not have seen this. Uh, however, about three weeks ago now, I tore my partially tore the muscle belly of my right lat while deadlifting. It was an early morning deadlift. I hadn't eaten. It was on a stiff bar. There were so many different variables that were outside my norm. But I think that this was kind of something that was a long time coming. Uh, the reason I say that is I just made an appointment with my PT I trade with to handle my left lat because I couldn't feel it firing. And this happened two days after that. Uh, so I feel like my right lat was trying to compensate 
for my left lat not being able to fire and it just exceeded the tissue capacity and ended up being a tear. So when it happened, I felt a nice, good pop uh, right in my armpit, swelled up pretty good. Uh, it was about the size of like a golf ball under there. I actually got stretch marks from it from being so swollen. Uh, so first thing I did, I thought it was just, you know, like a strain. Uh, so I just tried to do like a quick lat pull down, super light. And when I realized I couldn't even get my arm above my head, I decided to shut it down and go home. Uh, told Lauren about it. We set up some time for her to do acupuncture on me for it. Uh, the biggest thing was trying to get out of pain and handle the inflammation the best we could so that I could start basically the rehab process because I, I know the process that we need to hit take is just getting to the point where I can do it and be able to do it without being in so much pain. And that was the biggest thing for me was doing the acupuncture and that got rid of a lot of the inflammation, a lot of the pain. And then following that, uh, we really started the, the whole process that needed to take place. So the first thing you have to do when handling an acute injury like this is getting back your passive range of motion. So passive range of motion is like you would hold on to a broomstick or something. So these are called like wand exercises. Uh, and you use the other hand to move your arm through the range of motion. You're not actively contracting any muscles on the side that are affected to go through the range of motion. Um, you're just doing it passively. Either someone else is doing it for you or you're using an assist for it. So that's the biggest thing that had to happen first. And I really just did this by really doing those, the wand exercises, stuff like that, pendulum exercises, because the biggest thing that hurt was doing abduction on my arm. So if my arm was straight up my side when I'm standing, trying to bring it up to the side, like doing a lateral raise uh, with a dumbbell, that was the most painful. Any sort of extension, pulling my elbow back uh, behind my body was really, really bad. I had zero degrees of motion with that without pain. And then flexion, I could do about to 40 degrees until I started to get pain. So I knew that that had to be the first step in the plan of action was get back passive range of motion. And following that, that took about two days to get to once the swelling and stuff went down. Uh, that happened pretty quickly. And then next, you had to do active range of motion. So you're actively trying to control that movement. And this, I just did basically a lot of stretching uh, very, very lightly just to try to keep pushing that range of motion, getting it further and further and further. Uh, this only took about a day for me to happen, um, knowing what my limitations were, just trying to really target that and doing it as much as I could throughout the day. Uh, following that up with uh, basically stabilization exercises, knowing what the actions of the lat are, how that's going to affect the mechanics of my shoulder when going through you know, different activities. Uh, I started with doing the front presses with a kettlebell uh, draped to the outside of your hand. I have a video of this on my Instagram if you're wondering what this looks like. And then followed by like uh, kettlebell press in the power press position. So these both uh, help balance the external internal rotators of your shoulder. And on the left side, I could do this no problem. Right side was very, very shaky, even from the start with the kettlebell to the outside, which is the easier way to do it. Um, so I started super light, 10 pound kettlebell, worked it up, kept going, got up to a 15, um, did band pull apart, palm up, uh, straight arm up, pull down, stuff like that. But the biggest thing when trying to do these exercises, especially that straight arm lat pull down with a band or the rope attachment like at the gym, is trying to activate my lat, it wouldn't fire. It was all happening in my tricep. So then I knew that something else needed to happen, that things weren't firing correctly. So this is when I made the appointment again uh, with the physical therapist, Bree, who I um, 
I uh, work with, and she helped out the following week and was able to get things firing properly. I had issues with my serratus anterior following that. Uh, upper traps was kind of taking over everything. Uh, subscap wasn't working very well. Um, so she really helped get that activation back, which was the final step of the whole rehab process. Uh, so kind of recap what we just talked about. So you gotta get basically pain down first to make it so that you can go through passive range of motion, then active range of motion, then like functional movements such as the stability exercises, uh, just doing presses in different positions, uh, and then getting back into uh, dynamic stabiliz dynamic movement things, uh, get things firing properly again because things were compensating as I was trying to move things around. So it's just addressing that and fixing it, which took one session, things were fixed. And later that day I went to the gym again and I knew that the biggest issue that this would have for me is my bench press because you have to stabilize your lats the whole time as you pull the bar down to your, uh, to your chest as well as keeps you stable on the bench. For squat, it's not that big of a deal, yet the lat plays a part of the thoracolumbar fascia, which is gonna play in stability of the low back. However, um, if you brace really well, it, it doesn't play that big of an issue as it does bench press. Uh, deadlifts, I knew the biggest thing with this was gonna be a mental block. It wasn't gonna be that the lat was gonna limit me, it was the fear that I was gonna have it happen again. And the weight that I was moving wasn't really impressive for me, it was about, I don't know, I didn't do the math, like 75%. It was 545 pounds. I was doing it for sets of triples on the stiff bar and it ended up being uh, set three, rep two, where I felt the pop. And I still did another rep after and it didn't really hurt after that um, on that last rep even after it popped. So deadlift, I think it was just gonna be a mental block that was gonna inhibit me from lifting heavy again. Uh, so the first day after Brie worked on me, I went to the gym and just kept it light. I did 275 pounds for a three by 10, really focused just on stabilizing my scapula to the bench, uh, squeezing the lat, and you know just make sure that everything was pain-free as I was doing it, which luckily and successfully it was completely pain-free. Uh, I then followed this up two days later doing deadlifts, and I did, uh, just so you know, I did 565 pounds for triples, which was 20 pounds more than I did when I tore my lat, and this was completely pain-free as well, uh, followed by a very long paused single at 495, and I think I hit 13 seconds with that. And I was just focusing on positioning, making sure that my lat was stabilizing, and all of that. So things look like they're gonna be really well, really well off. Luckily this happened when I was 15 weeks out and not you know, closer to the meet where I would have an issue trying to get back on track and doing what I needed to do. Uh, so I have 12 weeks out, this should be plenty of time to get me back on track to hit the numbers that I want to hit. Uh, so it shouldn't affect me too much besides just missing, you know, three weeks of training overall. Um, I did have some questions that I want to address really quick. I want to keep this podcast really quick. Um, the first one was reha uh, rehab for the rotator cuff. So the biggest thing with this is everybody thinks that they have a rotator cuff issue because there's pain in the shoulder and with certain movements. And sometimes it goes down to the elbow, feels like bicep tendonitis. However, the biggest thing with this is getting an actual, accurate diagnosis of what's going on. Uh, I just wanna do a quick little for example. I just had a patient this week whose PT was gonna send him for an MRI because he has so much shoulder pain uh, with flexion, external rotation, and abduction of his arm. So they thought that he tore his supraspinatus and infraspinatus. Uh, however, I did an examination on him. Um, none of the objective findings said 
that he had a tear. It was just not working properly. And all we did was ART on his lat and Graston on his infraspinatus, and he had full pain-free range of motion again, and he was actually able to cancel that MRI. Uh, so the biggest thing, really, with anything rotator cuff is getting a real diagnosis of what's going on. And if someone just tells you, if your healthcare provider tells you you have an issue in your rotator cuff, ask more questions because that is very, very vague. Uh, there are four, four muscles involved with the rotator cuff and there could be numerous things that are going on with them um, that make it so that it may seem like a tear, but it's really not. Um, I've only seen a few true tears in practice and the majority of everything else rotator cuff involved, it's very easily manageable and usually a pretty quick fix. Um, however, if you have a true tear or anything like that and surgery might be needed, the rehab process is basically the same throughout any type of soft tissue injury. Again, you want to go through passive range of motion, active range of motion, um, doing the movement with weight, with resistance to it, and then stabilize and get everything firing correctly again. Um, let me see what else there was. Oh, so I did a, a video on the IT band and someone asked me, uh, because I mentioned that foam rolling is an appropriate case for that. Someone asked me how to properly foam roll. So if you listen to my other podcast before, um, I think I've said this on about five of them, five or six. I'm not a fan of foam rolling anyways. Um, however, if you are going to do it, if you feel like laying around on the ground, rolling around, hurting yourself, like being in pain for a little bit for minimal, minimal results, go for it. Um, however, the effects of foam rolling are very transient. It's a neurovascular response, which means you get a little bit of increased blood flow to the area. You get a little bit more proprioception to the area, meaning your body's kind of more aware of it, uh, which allows for increased mobility. If you don't follow foam rolling up with dynamic uh, stretching or even static stretching, you are completely wasting your time. Uh, so if you're going to ask me how to foam roll, I'm just going to say don't. Like Use your time more effectively and do stretching, mobility work. Uh, because nobody ever does enough mobility work and people just think that foam rolling itself is mobility work and it's not so there's the answer to that question uh, the other question was how did I tear my lat I just went over that uh, let me look real quick as I scroll through I got a few questions or some specifically that I wanted to address um, looks like they're not popping up anymore okay um, I know that the rotator cuff was the biggest one uh, posture and how to lift post injury. That was a really good one. So I actually just shared this on my story today. However, when I release this, it might not be there anymore. Um, so the biggest thing with posture is overactivation of the pec major and upper traps, which has the, the shoulders come forward and anteriorly and internally rotate. So you get that shoulder rounded forward position. Uh, you get more thoracic spine flexion uh, and the lower traps basically turn off. So what we want to do is activate more of the rhomboids and lower traps get the, to get those shoulders back retracted and depressed to have that proper uh, posture. So the greatest exercise that you can do for this is the high face pull. So when most people do a face pull, they pull it literally just to their face as the exercise name describes. And this is essentially just doing a high row and you're getting some bit of rhomboids in there. However, most of the emphasis is on rear delts, which won't help your posture. So by pulling it high, and when I say high, I want you to aim above your head. And the, the goal, the final pose of this is think of like the bodybuilder's front double bicep pose. And that's what we want the end position to be in. So you're gonna start with your arms forward, internally rotated, 
and then you're going to bring it up high above your head. Externally rotate your arms uh, so that your forearms are straight up and down, and then squeeze your shoulder blades down and back. That way we go through full range of motion with the scapula, going from protracted, internally rotated, to retracted and depressed, and that allows us to properly train the lower traps, get it activated again, get it stronger so it can overpower the pe not overpower, but balance back out the pecs and upper traps, which will allow you to get in better posture and stay that way without having to think about it. So whenever we strengthen something, chances are we have to stretch the antagonist muscles, and that being the upper traps and pecs, because if we just strengthen the lower traps, chances are the pecs are still gonna overpower it. So there's a really great stretch, the doorway pec stretch. Uh, if you do this on your own, chances are you're not doing it super effectively. Uh, people have their arm a little bit lower and just twist, and that puts a lot of strain on the anterior part of your shoulder, as well as the bicep tendon. So the simple way to do this, uh, simple little tweak, have your arm up higher. So the bend in your elbow, your elbow crease, is in line with your eyes. And then what I want you to do, take a little step forward, lunge forward, and when you feel tension coming across the front part of your pec, slightly turn away. So slightly externally rotate, um, and you'll feel a really great stretch in the front part of your pecs. Uh, so that's a great way we want to stretch and then strengthen you know, the antagonist muscles to allow it to get into proper positioning. So that's how you, you can properly address the posture. Um, and those are simple exercises that you can do at the gym. You can do the stretch in pretty much any single doorway that you can, uh, can find. Uh, it's a really simple thing to do. And most people have issues with this. So I recommend most people to be able to do this. Um, I think that was all the questions I had. Uh, basically, and the biggest thing is coming back from injury, you're, you're gonna be having mental roadblocks. Like I got injured with this. I need to really be careful with this. And the biggest thing is you kind of want to just, it's, it's tough to say just get over it, but that's ultimately what you got to do. Even if you have to do little tricks with yourself. So say you got hurt squatting 405 pounds, right? So when you know four weight, when four plates are on the bar, that's where you got hurt. If you have to do little mind games where you load mismatched plates, like you put two plates on and you do 25 pound plates up until you get past that point. So the mental part of it, doesn't psych you out as much, then go ahead and do that. Um, that's typically the biggest thing that you have to do is just get over that mental barrier, uh, especially after you get injured. So that's the first thing I wanted to do when I get back deadlifting is I wanted to do more weight than I did when I got injured, make sure it feels fine. Like in my head, no, like I'm already back more than I was, like no issues with that. Um, so the rest of my training, I'm not always fearful that I'm gonna get injured again. So I think that that's it for the, for the podcast this time i'll look through my notes make sure that i got everything covered um there is a meet coming up where i have two people i coach doing it we got matt and nate uh matt has been with me for a year now he did after the may meet last year he signed up with me and he's projected to do very very well uh based on what we are expecting and then he's gonna enter the rps meet in 12 weeks um doing drug tested and hoping to be in the top 20 in the world for drug tested with wraps. So that's going to be really fantastic. And this is kind of a tester meet to see where he's at because it's been since October, since he really tested anything we did max out in the gym is deadlift and he hit 700. So he's going to do very, very well at this meet. Really looking forward to it. Nate was kind of new and had to adapt him really quick to the volume and just the program itself. And he adapted and I think he's going to have a really great meet too. We're going to show up. We're going to support them, help wrap knees and pick attempts. And then 
for the uh, the meet in July at RPS, we got about nine people competing in that now. So I'm gonna have helpers with me, people who are on my team but not competing, uh, helping me wrap knees, you know, call out numbers, uh, handle people. So that's gonna be a really great help. Uh, if you're around, I definitely recommend going to that meet. It's gonna be really high competition. It's gonna be a lot of fun, um, and we always go out to eat after. So. If you guys have any questions, anything that you want to hear in the future on podcasts, definitely let me know. I was talking to another physical therapist who trains for marathons and triathlons and all this stuff. She just ran the Boston Marathon. I plan on having her on soon. Uh, And the really cool thing about that, not just contrasting Cairo and PT, as well as powerlifting and long distance running endurance athletes, is we both coach the same person. So we have some, I'm coaching someone who's training for a powerlifting competition or training to get stronger. And she's also training simultaneously to run a 50K race. So it's really cool. We've been in contact quite a bit, uh, coordinating programming based on that. So we definitely wanted to get together and do you know, a podcast on how that is possible to do. So again, if you have any questions, uh, feel free to message me, the Power Doc on Instagram, and I'll talk to you guys in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Power Doc Talks. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating. Also, be sure to follow at the Power Doc on Instagram for more educational content and leave suggestions for future episodes.